Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church. And what you're about to listen to was a sermon that was preached at our Wednesday night gathering from 6.30 to 8.30 with our students. So I hope that this sermon is encouraging and a blessing to you today. Thanks for listening. I'm going to be in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 tonight. And just to be honest with you, I feel... My title for tonight, my topic for tonight is The Heart of the Christ Child. And I got to be honest with you, I I feel kind of like Moses did when he stood on holy ground just before this text, because I I guess I feel the weight of preaching this. It's one of my favorites. I almost cry every time I read it. And so you're going to have to excuse me if that happens tonight. But it's probably one of the most precious verses to me. And so, the heart of the Christ child. When the word Christmas comes to your mind, what do you think of? <laughs> what do you think of? Say, something, say it to your neighbor. What do you think of when, when Christmas, when I say Christmas, what comes to your mind? Presents. Home alone. All right, shout them out to me. What are you saying? What are you saying? (laughs) Okay, I'm sure we get a lot of answers. So, all right, your time's up. Just kidding. When When I say the word Christmas, I hope and pray that each and every one of you would think upon Jesus. I really do. Because Jesus is at the center of Christmas, its meaning and its purpose. The heart, the very core of Christmas is Christ. And tonight, my goal is then to zero in, if, Christmas, if Jesus is the center of Christmas, then my goal tonight is to zero in upon Jesus, and specifically his heart. And so what is the first thing that pops into your mind when I say the word Jesus? Say it. God. Cross. Savior. Redeemer. Merciful. Huh? Son of God. Yep. Newborn King. Creator. Yeah. All those things are true. All those things are, are true. And we hold dear to them. You may ask that question. When I say the word Jesus, what comes to your mind? It's 10 different people on the street, and you'll get 10 different answers. You would nowadays, because we live in a post-Christian world. You might hear that he's a good teacher. Maybe he's a good example, son of God, a king, a Jewish king, a savior. But did you know that in all four Gospels, there's only one place that we find in Scripture where Jesus tells us who he really is at the center in his heart? Only one place. Out of all the content in the Gospels, out of all the encounters, out of all the miracles, the the 12 disciples, the story, the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, out of all that content, out of all that teaching, there's only one place where the God-man, Jesus Christ, pulls back the veil for us to look into and peer into his very center, his heart, to see who he truly is. 
And that's where we see this in the text in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, when he says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here in this one verse, we have the person of Christmas, the message of Christmas, and the hope of Christmas. Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Did you know that the heart is the control center of man? Now, physically, you know that, like your heart is beating right now. It is physically at the core of your body. It sustains your body. It pumps blood to the rest of your Bible, or Bible, body. (laughs) But when the Bible speaks of the heart, when it uses that word, it, it means that the heart is the very center of who you are as a person. It is the seat or the source of all your affections and desires. All of who you are is encapsulated in the heart. When you see uh, the Bible talk about the heart of man, the heart is the source of your affections, your desires, and thus your actions. As one theologian put it, where I was so influenced, this sermon comes from, Dane Ortland. He said, your heart is the central animating center of all we do. It's what gets you out of bed in the morning. It's what we daydream about when we drift off and sleep. Solomon said that the heart, that from the heart flows the springs of life. And so what we see in this passage before us in Matthew 11 is that the very thing that animates Christ, the very thing that drives him at his very core of who he is, He is gentle and lowly in heart. What does that mean? What does gentle mean? What does it mean that he's gentle? Gentle can be translated meekness. In Matthew 5, 5, Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It has to do kind of with humility in in a sense. To put it another way, our dear Savior is gentle. He's, he's not harsh. Jesus isn't trigger happy. He's not easily exasperated. He's not quick tempered. Some of you know quick tempered men in your life or people who are easily exasperated, who are easily set off. Maybe you're one of them. But for Jesus to be gentle, it means that he's not easily exasperated. He, he's meek. He, he's the most understanding person in the universe. His posture towards sinners is not a pointed finger, but open arms. That's what it means for him to be gentle. Listen to this verse in Hebrews 5, 2. It says that Jesus deals gently with the ignorant and the wayward. Think about how hard it is to talk to an ignorant person. You're so easily quick to lose it on them because they don't know what they're talking about or they're accusing you of something and and you, you lose it on them. But Jesus deals gently with the ignorant. 
He's the most understanding person. You know how frustrating it is when you've got burdens on your heart and you're, you, you want someone to understand, but they just don't understand. They don't, just don't get it. But Jesus is the most understandable person. He's gentle. He's meek. And then the second word, lowly. Lowly in the text, we see that. You should just circle these words, gentle and lowly. And these two terms are practically one and the same. But the word lowly adds another dimension to the heart of Christ. The word lowly is generally translated humble. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the lowly, the humble. But rather in this sense, what this verse is talking about is lowly in a different sense than the virtue humility. It really has to do rather with a sense of destitution or being thrust downward by life circumstances. What do I mean by that? So when you see a person and you say, they're a lowly person, this would have looked like someone like Mary. Mary, she's a young teenager. She's pregnant and people think that she's committed adultery. She's despised by people. And in Luke 1.52, she sings to God. She sings out to God. She says, God exalts those of a humble estate. That's what the word lowly here means. Or Paul uses this word when he calls Christians in Romans 12.16. He says this, do not be haughty, ar- arrogant, but associate with the lowly. Who are the lowly? They're the socially unimpressive. They're the outcasts. They're not the cool kid at school. They're the kid that never made it to the cool table. They're the one on social media that no one seems to pay attention to. They aren't Mr. Popular. They're they're not the life of the party. In fact, they're the type of people that when they show up to the party, the host starts to cringe like, why did they come? That's the heart of Christ. He's gentle and he's lowly. And the point in saying that Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible. He's the most accessible person. He's the, he's the easiest to come to. And this is what's so amazing because Christ is 100% God and 100% man. And so in his deity, being 100% God, it's crazy to think of in all of his glory, and his majesty, like in Isaiah 6, when Isaiah sees Christ in the temple, and, and, and the temple starts to shake, and he trembles before him in all of his glory and holiness and supreme uniqueness, yet there's no one in human history that has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. He is gentle, and he is lowly. No prerequisites to come to Jesus. No hoops you got to jump through to get to him. And so at the heart of Christmas is the Christ child, right? And at the heart of the Christ child is one who is gentle and who is lowly. Towards who? So who is he gentle and lowly towards? Who is he the most understanding uh, towards? Who is he the most accessible to? Did we see that in the text? Notice the kind invite by Christ. Look at verse 28. Come to me. Come to me, Jesus. Don't go to Moses. Come to me. <laughs> Come to me. But who is it that's invited to him? Is it the religious elite? Is it those of status and of wealth, of popularity? 
I tell you right now, it wasn't the Pharisees who were invited to come see Jesus. But it wouldn't matter even if they would because they don't need Jesus because they have a righteousness of their own. They're good. Why would they need to come to him? They don't need saving, right? And so he's not talking to the religious elite. They're so virtuous. They don't need a savior. So then is he talking to those of wealth, those of noble, noble status, those who the world esteems? No, those people won't come to Jesus either because they're so in love with the world and they're so devoted to their own pursuits that they will not come. They don't want to come. Who is left then? We see it in the text. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Those who labor and are heavy laden. He turns to the socially unimpressive, the most wicked and wretched, those who are laboring under a burden so heavy that it crushes them. And this burden isn't just any type of burden. It's really a burden of sin. They're overwhelmed by their sins. And so what is so striking about the heart of Christ, and I hope that if you get anything out of the seven years you're here in youth ministry, is that you see this about Jesus. That he is always, this is who he is. That the prerequisite, the qualification for coming to Christ is that you have a burden. That you are tired and heavy laden. That you are so overwhelmed by your sin. Do you have a burden of guilt? Are you tired of measuring up? Some of you, I know the thought of, of just you're angered and you're upset and you're in despair because you struggle with the same sin over and over and over again to the point where you're like, God does not have grace for me. That is exactly who qualifies to come to Christ. That's what's so amazing about Jesus. That those who qualify to come to him are the downcasts, are the sinners. Friends, if that is you, then you qualify, then you come. <laughs> we don't think this way because many of you view Jesus like you do the president, okay? The president, only those who have access to the president and to his cabinet are the cultural elite, are those who have the wealth, who have the standing in the culture, who've had the longevity, the career of a politician, right? They're the smartest, the brightest, the most privileged people. They're, those are the ones who have access to the king, to the president. But for Jesus, the very opposite is true. And that's what's so scandalous about the gospel. It is the sinner overwhelmed by their burden of sin. It's the sufferer who is crushed by their circumstances that is qualified to come. It was the prostitute who had five husbands at the, at the well who Jesus goes to. It's, it's the prostitute who is weeping, washing Jesus' feet. It's the blind beggar, the one no one notices, but Jesus sees. Those are the people whom Christ came to save. It is those who qualify to come to Jesus. And when they come to Jesus... They don't come to a disappointed God or like a disappointed father who points his finger at you and says, you should have done better. They come to one who is accessible, whose arms are open wide, who, who, who longs to see sinners and sufferers come. This is the heart of Christmas. This is the heart of Christ. He's gentle and he's lowly. 
They come to Jesus, whose entire person, whose entire core of who he is, is moved towards sinners. There's this verse in Matthew 9, 36. It says this, the Pharisees have been burdening the people, and there's, they're on this, there's thousands of people on this countryside. And it says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Do you know what that word compassion means? It means to be moved in your bowels, <laughs> like in your core. You know the feeling when you see someone of, of a lowly estate, when you see someone who's in need, and you're just moved towards them, you're filled with compassion towards them. So Jesus, he sees the crowds, and these crowds would be the ones that crucify him, and he knows that. But when he sees them, he is moved with compassion towards them. Why? Why is he moved? And in the text it says this, because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. See, the very thing that moved the heart of Christ towards these sinners was the fact that they were sinners, that they were helpless and harassed, that they have a thick burden that they can't carry. They're crushed under the law. And our God, Jesus Christ, has moved towards those people. Do you see that? And if that's you, you have to see that, that in your sin and in your suffering, if you are in Christ, like a father who looks upon their sick son, does a father get mad upon him? No, he's moved with compassion towards him because he's, he's got an ailment, a sickness. And when God sees us as Christians in our sin, he's moved with pity and compassion towards us. His arms go towards us. Student, why is this important? Because this room is filled with sinners and sufferers. Because like me, you struggle with sin. You're broken. You fail. You lost it on your siblings this week. You disobeyed your parents. You lost it in your heart. You did not honor Christ in your speech. I'm with you. And this is why it's important because there's not one person in here who does not have a need for internal rest. And here's the thing you need to understand is that Jesus is not only gentle and lowly to those who come to him, or Jesus is only gentle and lowly to those who come to him who cry for help, okay? Just before this passage, if you're in Matthew 11, look at verses 20 and on. Just before this passage, Jesus pronounces a curse on specific cities who would not repent. And so the fact that Jesus is gentle and lowly does not mean that he is mushy or that he's sentimental. No, he's still the God who said, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if mighty works done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. He curses them. He damns them because they do not repent. They do not come to him. And so I'm not talking about Jesus being so mushy and accepting everyone in their sin. He doesn't accept their sin. He hates their sin. But he welcomes them to repent and to turn and to come to him freely. 
Jesus is gentle and lowly for the repentant, for the brokenhearted, for those who are crushed in spirit, those who recognize their sin. His heart of gentle embrace is never outmatched by your sin. If your sin is as big as the Great Lakes, so vast, and God's grace is like the Pacific Ocean, it swallows it whole. He's so gracious, he's so loving, for lowly and gentleness is not only one way Jesus occasionally acts uh, uh, towards people, but it's who he is. You can't ungentle Jesus, (laughs) just like you can't change your eye color. It's who he is. And so the good news of Christmas and the good news of the gospel of Jesus is that salvation isn't for those who have it all together. Here at Redeemer, we recognize that we are sinful, wicked, wretched failures. But there is freedom that when you come through those doors, you know that you will be accepted in the same way that when you come to Jesus, he will receive those sinners who repent of their sin who have a heavy burden, who want the heavy burden lifted, and who want to take the yoke of Jesus. Let's finish this passage here. In verse 29, he says, he says, take my yoke upon me, upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so when we come to Jesus, we come under his yoke. We follow him. As sinners, the good news of Christmas and the good news of the gospel of Jesus is that salvation is for those who recognize their sickness, that they are sinners, that they are needy, that they are sick. It's for the unfaithful. It's for, it's, the gospel is for the guilty, the tired, the depressed, the lonely, the poor, the wayward, the lost, the wicked, wretched sinner. And if that's you right now, hear the words of our dear Savior. He is gentle and lowly. Come to him. Come to me. Behold the Christ child who's moved with compassion towards you. Luke 5.31, why, did Je- why was Jesus born? Why did he come? He says, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but, the, but sinners to repentance. Those who receive rest are those who recognize that they need rest, that they are weighted by their sin. And that goes for you, Christian. I need this just as much as the non-believer here. Though I will die and go to heaven, I pray that those that, know, that don't know Jesus would receive, that they would come to him. Well, how do I come to him? The answer is by faith. By believing in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins. The minimum bar to, to meet, to be enfolded into the loving embrace of Jesus is this. Open yourself up to him. Just open yourself up to him. Lay your burdens at his feet. That's all he needs. In fact, that's all he works with. It's only those who see their need for a savior. And so come to Jesus. Hear his call to you. Come to me and I will give you eternal rest. This Christmas, I pray that this would be the first Christmas that you see Jesus for who he really is towards you. Some of you like me.
You have a performance-based view of God. You're a legalist in your heart. You view God like you have to earn his love. But the only prerequisite to coming to Jesus is that you have a heavy heavy burden. You have your sins. You bring it to him. You open yourself up to him by faith. You believe in him. In fact, I want to give you a moment to reflect upon the heart of Christ. Just as Mary treasured all the things up in her heart, I want you to listen to a song that we're going to sing. And you could sing along as well. And that song captures the very heart of Christ towards sinners. It's called, O Come, All Ye Unfaithful. Play on words there. Here are some of the words. O come, all ye unfaithful. Come, weak and unstable. Come, know you are not alone. O come, barren and waiting ones. Weary of praying, come. See what your God has done. O come, bitter and broken. Come with fears unspoken. Come taste of his perfect love. O come, guilty and hiding ones. There is no need to run. See what your God has done. And if you're realizing for the very first time that you have not come to Jesus, tonight is the night that Jesus beckons you, pleads you to come. Come to me and I will give you rest. You won't hear those words in the world. You won't hear those words anywhere else. Come to him. Why not? Receive rest for your souls. Not physical rest. Eternal life forgiveness. Some of you have thought you've been a Christian. You were like me. You've grown up in the church. But you've only come for the benefits of Christ. You haven't come because of Christ himself. You don't love him and treasure him and cherish him. For those of you, you you are of humble estate. You are destitute. You are lonely. You're in despair. Come to Jesus and he will give you rest. You will find rest for your soul. And hear this precious word from John 6.37. He says, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Come to Jesus. Come to him in song. Reflect on it. Sing it out. And if you don't know how, just cry out to him and say, Lord, save me. I am a sinner. I need you. I pray that you would come to him tonight. Father God, thank you so much for who you are, that you are gentle and lowly towards us who are wicked. We, we, you are so patient with us. Lord, I, just, I pray that these students would come to see how glorious Christ is that he is the most accessible. And they come to rest in him this Christmas season. Amen.
Christ is born.